Hey friends, welcome to another podcast. It's Dr. Jana. Um, today we're going to be talking about love and how um, real love is sacrificial and how no greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends, John 15, 13. So this is going to be a recording from a Facebook Live that I did yesterday. And I just wanted to capture it on podcast for those who maybe aren't on social media or don't want to stream live and waste battery on your phone or whatever the reason. Or if you'd like to um, jump on over to Facebook, you can search for me at Dr. Jana, all one word, D-R-J-A-N-A, space Joshu, J-O-S-H-U, space Grimm, G-R-I-M-M. So I'm happy to... Um, get to pour into you and encourage you over there as well. So this recording will speak for itself, and I just pray that it blesses you and encourages you today. I also have um, wellness blogs on my website. Some are video blogs, some are handwritten, um, or I guess hand-typed. Um, but if you want more information or more information about uh, my holistic health practice, which is completely Christ-centered, you can find more information there. And you can also access these podcasts or share that with people um, at drjanajoshugrim.com. So it's just my name, D-R-J-A-N-A-J-O-S-H-U-G-R-I-M-M.com. Okay, here you go. Enjoy. Um. I wanted to share a message. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I get to teach um, Christian indoor cycling. And so at first, that might just sound like rah, 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 it's spin with Jesus sprinkled in. But that could not be uh, more true. So um, it is, um, I got certified to teach uh, as a Revelation wellness instructor um, in 2013. I've been teaching fitness since I was 19. Hey, Darren. And um, I just, I've loved teaching fitness my whole life. Um, I, I like it. I love it, but it's not um, its not an obsession, but teaching the Word of God and, and encouraging people in Christ, that is an obsession, and I love it because it, it radically changed my life, and I'll never be the same, and so um, I just want to share what God is teaching me, and today he was just, just like flooding us with revelation, so um, every month um, we, we train a theme, so in um, January... It was the little way. So that's the narrow way, God's way. That was such a fun thing. I teach twice a week on Monday mornings and Thursday nights. And then um, uh, this month for February, it's His Love Never Quits. So we've been just going everywhere with just training the love of God. And um, <laughs> your obsession is my obsession, Jesus. Amen, girl. Um, and there's, you know, there's so many scriptures, obviously, on um, love but today, I kept it really simple. One sentence, and first of all, I challenged the class just to have John 15, 13 memorized by the end of class, not as um, a legalistic practice, but so that we are armed with um, our holy armor, the Word of God, so that we can encourage others when we need it, and it's right there written in our minds and our hearts, and so that we can uh, fight, we can have an offensive um, fight against the enemy of our soul. So John fifteen thirteen says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Um, so I wanted to just show share some of what God was um, working into us. Like when we're working out, we don't have to trash our bodies 
to um, to get a good workout because we are a spirit, a soul, and a body, and in in that order, and our body and our soul come under the submission of the spirit when we're walking with the Lord. And um, if you've never received a baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, highly recommend it. You want it. Um, but when the spirit is leading, um, we can just sit back and have peace. We are women and men at rest. We trust the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, we have peace in our hearts. All that chaos and those racing thoughts start to start to, um, fade away. Amen. So, um, the greatest love of all, obviously Jesus first, before he, he would, command us to do things, he demonstrated what that looked like. So he demonstrated to us what it looked like to lay down his life. And he literally laid down and gave his life for us. He was, he was innocent and blameless. He was wrongfully accused. He was tortured and tormented. And then he went to the cross and took all of our sin and all of the sin of the world that there ever would be. And he took it for us. So he was the greatest example. But we're all sinners, so we can never be perfect. Whether you're a believer or not, and you hear this message... Um, we're all sinners. There's no shame in that, but we need a savior. And Jesus is the answer that everybody's looking for, for the peace and the forgiveness and to overcome the guilt and the shame and all that stuff. But what does it really mean to lay down one's life, to lay down our life for our friends? So if we're really kingdom minded and kingdom focused, um, I challenge the class. I would just recite the scripture or whatever God was putting on my heart and then we just train with the intense music playing and it was loud and just um, challenge them to just cry pour your heart out to the Lord but let him in let him literally break open the scars on our heart do surgery let the great physician um, enter those wounds and those dark places and those secret places or our past the things that we don't want anybody to know about and I can tell you when I started to let the Lord into my heart and I didn't feel like I had to carry my past with me anymore it was breakthrough. I'll never be the same. I'll never, ever be the same. But then as we grow in the Lord, um, God is going to ask us to lay things down, not to, to be some religious, um, holier-than-thou person, but to test our faith and because he is for our good, right? Stephanie, hey, Stephanie, she was in class today, um, because it's for our good and for his glory. And the first commandment first is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So first we have to receive the agape love of God. We have to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But as his love starts to transform us, we can, we, at first he might ask us to do some scary things, but they might be little. And we, we say yes. And for some people that takes months or days or years to work out um, what he's calling us to do or to change or challenge, challenge us to. So one example, before I preach too much at you, um, when the Lord asked me to lay down my practice in Tennessee um, for, about four and a half years ago, um, it was good. Like I was growing as a Christian. I was sharing the gospel. It wasn't like God was trying to punish me. But when he gave me a second chance in my life after I got saved, I had promised that practice to him and he blew my mind at what he could do and um, do in me and through me and for me and for other people. And then one day he, he spoke very audibly into my ear and asked me, um, to lay this down and move to California and, and I didn't have a plan in getting here. And, um, so I'm just asking, you know, he was asking like, what are you willing to, to lay down for me? Are we going to walk by faith? And so in getting here, I would have missed all the blessing and all the people that, um, have blessed me and all the people who I've had the opportunity to bless and how much my marriage and my health. And just personally, I have grown in the Lord since moving here in taking that radical step of faith and being willing to lay down what was 
really the biggest idol in my life, my career, my work, even though it was a good thing and it was a God thing, I did um, obsess over it. So, so many people were like, I'm a Christian, uh, but I'm going to do whatever I want. And so I'm going to give God, I'll give him this and this, but I'm not giving him my beauty or I'm not giving him my body or I'm not giving him my career or my bank account. There's places where we are holding on so tightly. So my challenge to you today is, would you be willing to let the Lord talk to you, speak to you honestly and humbly and um, to whisper in your ear what it is he might be wanting you to loosen your grip on so that you could have more of his goodness. And instead of shutting off that valve to his agape love that is to overflow us and heal us and give us the desires of our heart, right? But um, but to open the valve to that love so that it comes through us, but is like a flood, a conduit of his love that flows out onto other people. So that we can not only do the first commandment to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So not just our mind, but our heart, our soul, our emotions, our strength, everything that we are and surrender to him. But as his love overwhelms us and builds our faith and builds our trust and radically changes our life and gives us the joy and the peace that we never had. And we start to operate in our gifting and the fruit of the spirit is starting to um, be born of us. Then we can love our neighbors and our enemies as ourselves and that that might be the greatest challenge of all time and so to lay down comforts like our career or this thing we've worked so hard for this bank account or this body that we have so teaching it in fitness one of the things i see is the obsession of the human body the obsession over food and sometimes people group me into that category but i am teaching freedom in christ so we don't neglect our bodies and dig ourselves into an earlier grave by eating and drinking whatever we want um nor do we obsess over our body and exalt it above um the lord um are we willing to sacrifice if we're a person who is like working out just trashing our bodies seven days a week never taking a sabbath day of rest from our workouts or we're just afraid of food and we nitpick over every calorie and every piece of food um we need to invite the Lord into that space and ask him like what he might be wanting us to do with that. Where are we supposed to lay things down? Another example um, that I shared at the end of class. So we had to really get a good sweat on. We're going to put our big girl panties on today and um, really work this out. Work out the love of God. It's not just a feel good kind of love. And it's certainly not the kind of love that people are marching for. That is really not godly love. Um, love it's loving our neighbors as ourselves is agape love that's a love that can only come from a person who is really filled with the spirit and knows the agape love of god and what jesus really did for us he gave up he gave it all up for us and we don't deserve it like when we are really humbled by that it takes it takes our pride and throws it in the back seat and we're like, so soon and eventually when God calls us to the really hard stuff, we are, it's just an immediate yes. It's, I don't know the beginning from the end. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know anything really, but I do know that God is who he says he is, that he is faithful, that he never breaks a promise, that he provides, that he heals, that he is good, that he is good above all good. And um, if he's asking me to do fill in the blank, then the answer is yes. What are we willing to do to lay down our life for our friends? In 2013, when I went through Revelation Wellness Instructor Training, the Lord asked me to lay down drinking alcohol once and for all. And this, again, it wasn't about becoming this religious 
uh, freak and um, or anything like that. And there's a lot of scriptures that people use to justify it, say this isn't a sin, I can have a drink every once in a while. And um, the Bible does not say, like in a specific scripture, if you drink alcohol, you're going to hell or anything like that. It does say drunkenness and anything short of uh, sobriety, you know, that stuff is sin. Um, uh, we are to be sober-minded, we are to be vigilant and alert and all those things. But the Lord gave me two verses, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And this was about A, setting me free from, there was, uh, I, I come from a long line of alcoholics, my husband's a recovered addict, like, I was totally in denial that this was a problem because the thought of giving it up gave me terrible anxiety. So if there's something that God's putting on your heart even right now and it gives you terrible anxiety or you're thinking about it but you're certain that this isn't it but it keeps coming up, that's your evidence that this might be a thing. It might be a thing and God wouldn't ask you to lay it down if he didn't have something so much better. But to me, I thought all my fun, um, my friends were going to go away. I didn't really, I was afraid of failure. I didn't really think I could lay it down. And the truth is, I couldn't, he could, so, but I didn't, I just, I was wrestling with that, and um, I just kept wanting to, to justify it, and even use the word to justify it, and so many friends, and, and pastors, and ministry leaders, and doctors, and people that I knew, um, they were solid Christians, in my opinion, and they were still drinking alcohol, and so I just kept thinking, this isn't fair, this isn't fair, and um, I was going to find a way to not hear God, but... In his great love, he kept pursuing me and pursuing me. And the honest truth about this story is this was going on for years. I was wrestling in my heart secretly, and I didn't tell anybody. This was just one of my secret battles. Um, but the point is, um, in August of 2013, I finally said, you know what, God? Um, I know that you're saying this to me. And I humbled myself um, on at the throne of grace and just cried my heart out to him. Like he didn't know everything I was wrestling with anyway. And I said, yes. I confess and I repent and what I've been doing is sin and I know it and in that moment he took it away from me and he took the cravings and he empowered me and he filled me with his Holy Spirit but beyond that he healed a lot of the answers to my physical healing and gut problems came with that I had 33 years of tormenting night terrors that went away the day I quit drinking alcohol so much of my restlessness and anxiety and all these things that I'd struggled with that I'd had all kinds of intercessory prayer and um, every type of health care and all these things to overcome. That's a whole nother story and testimony, but that I could not overcome. This was a spiritual problem. It was a physical thing that was going on in my life, manifested physically and disrupted my sleep and, and I had tormenting dreams, nightmares, night terrors, but was rooted in a spiritual problem, a, a disobedience um, a sin that I wasn't willing to confess. So anyway, the Lord set me free and I've never experienced more joy and more freedom. And it took me a few months to work that out and to get comfortable just doing life now where I would always just say no to drinking. But I never again had to like push the wine out of the picture. I never had to uh, stress about what people were going to see on Facebook. I, I um, didn't have to worry about ever being hung over again. It was so freeing, and within just a few months, my husband, who was a recovered addict and had been sober for years, but brought alcohol back into his life because of my occasional glass of wine, it brought back all this addiction, but in six months of, of saying yes to the Lord and willing, being willing to lay this down, my husband got sober, and it radically changed our marriage and our home and our respect for one another and all these things, but the other verse that the Lord gave me in this because it wasn't about really about drinking. It wasn't about, 
It was about something so much bigger. It was about, God said, no greater love hath no man, hath no woman, no, none of my children than this, to lay down your life for your friends. Are you willing to lay this down so that I can use you as a leader and not a misleader? So there's no question about your integrity or what you're doing behind closed doors so that you are sober-minded, that nothing can cloud what you're you know, you're hearing from me and the revelation I want to give you and, and the anointing I want to give you. He was, he was elevating me as a leader. And I don't mean that to like, please understand that, that I'm saying I want to create followers of me or elevate myself. I'm not saying that at all. But God wants to use all of us. And we all have this great and radical calling on our life. But the question is, how far are you willing to go? How far are we willing? What are we willing to lay down the comforts? And I'll just be straight up the selfishness in our lives to love our friends for the cause of Christ, for the kingdom of God. Jesus is coming back soon, and we have got to be ready. We don't want to be cloudy-minded. We don't want to be out drunk or hungover. Like, I want to be ready because it happens in the twinkle of an eye. Not a blink, not a wink, but a twink, which is faster than the other two. And in that moment, we're going to hear the sound of a trumpet, the voice of an archangel, and Jesus is coming back. And... There's no, the point is there's no time to be ready. We want to be ready now. We want to be sober and watchful. I want to be on guard fighting for you guys and for the people that I love. Um, the people that come to class that fight for the hard stuff, we're not there obsessing over our bodies. It's not traditional spin. It's not about a calorie burn. The greatest calorie burn you'll ever do is doing the hard things um, that the Lord is calling you to. And it's there's, and there's rewards. It's not fleeting temporary rewards of like six-pack abs and and, you know, just uh, a flatter tummy or, you know, thinner thighs. Those things are his gifts of grace that do happen. But we don't even have to put our energy there. We can stay off the scale. We can put all of our focus on charging hard for the Lord, right? And training love and knowing that his love never quits pursuing us. So we can continue to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we can do the hardest thing, which all of this that we're talking about, it opens this valve that just lets his love flow and flood out into the world. Because this life, it's not about us. It's not about us, and it's not about being a comfortable Christian. It's not about being more comfortable and having more. It's actually about dying to ourselves and loving others more. So we have to love God first, and we have to receive his gift of grace. We're saved by grace. We can't earn it. There's nothing we can do to make him love us more or less and then as we receive that, and it starts to transform our heart and our mind and our soul and even our body, and he can do that, um, that's when we're operating in, it, in the spirit and making changes in our diet or being disciplined to have healthy workouts in balance, not obsessing and, or neglecting. Um, that's how we can have the, the, you know, the ability to overcome addiction or um, to quit sleeping around and to say, yeah, I know that I can be pure again. That was a huge battle in my life. God is good. He's able. He's the answer to all of these things that we are struggling with, that we're looking for, the change that we can't make on our own. God's not going to let you do it on your own. That's not the point. The point is to, to see our desperate need for him and then to watch him move radically. And when he does that, you can't help but tell other people. It's overflow. The valve is open. We're just conduits of, of goodness and grace. Amen? So, um I'm on fire today. I love teaching my classes. It's totally my get-to. It's not work at all for me. I wish I could do it more. Um, so that's why I don't see patients on Monday mornings. 
Um, anyway, do you guys have any questions? Hi there, good to see all of you. I can see Vicki, Alina, Becky, Stephanie, uh, Julie. Hi guys, good to see you on here. You guys share the love. And um, if you know anybody that can be blessed by this kind of training that is local, um, I teach Monday mornings at 1045 at CB Cycle Barn and Thursday nights at 630. And I'm just... I'm, get, I'm not going to be afraid anymore to start inviting people and just walking up to strangers and inviting them to class. Like, people need to hear the gospel message, right? Fitness teacher, gospel preacher. It's not about the fitness. It's not about the food. Those things are good things, but they're not God things. Physical training is good, but the training for eternity is better, and it has eternal value. It doesn't yield fleeting results. And out of that change, out of that um, training for the eternal stuff, God blesses us with a body that's transforming, an illness that's going away, and infirmity that's ceasing, and the inflammation going away in our body. He, he renews our mind to say, hey, yeah, um, maybe this food or drinking soda every day or whatever is not good for you. Maybe you don't need to be living on coffee every day. You're dehydrated and exhausted. Your nervous system is fried. But he'll get to all of that. He's got to get this. It starts with the heart. That's the whole point. And that's why we train. We train love because love is heavy. Amen? All right. I'm going to jump off here if you guys have. Yes, Tracy and you do need to go. I would love to see you there. Hey, the first five classes are free. Duh. I don't know why I didn't say that from the beginning. The first five classes are free, so anybody can come and just try it out. You have nothing to lose but a little pride and um, and some weight, but there's no competition. There is The lights are dark. And it's all about just training him. You stay in your lane. You work at your level. Nobody knows if you're turning up your resistance or not. It's safe to cry. It's safe to put your hands up and praise and sing. Whatever. But it is fun. We have fun and we're doing something totally countercultural. It's not what the world is doing. It's not traditional spin. And that's the whole point. Amen, Steph? Yes. Yes. We worship the Lord and we keep it about him. Jesus is the main thing. God first. God only. Oh, another example I shared today. Stephanie, if you think of something, bring it up really quick. Um, one of the other things, because I was just asking, Lord, like, put it on our hearts. Just train us. Teach us. Like, help us work this out. How do we lay down our life for our friends? Like, I have, I spent more years of my life, like, gossiping and trashing people, and I have repented for that. I don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person. Let's find the golden people and dig up their gold and, and be people that love well so that people see something different in us that's what points people to jesus when they see something different in us when we can keep our mouth shut when we're being picked on or you know attacked like you need only be still let the lord battle for you he promises to exodus 14 14 he's gonna it, vengeance is the lord's we can stay humble we can be quiet but it takes training it doesn't come naturally so the training has to be training the Word of God, where this truth comes from, where John 15, 13 comes from, the Word of God. You've got to train it. You've got to study it. You've got to have it written on your heart and your mind so that you can love well. Um, and when we love well, the, the, the world will know us by our fruit. And the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Are we faithful people? Are we people of our Word? Are we gentle? Are we kind? Are we patient? Ladies, are we patient? Um, I shared an example. This is what I was going to get to in class today. One of the things that the Lord told me to sacrifice is, like, you know, being a submissive wife. That doesn't mean I'm a doormat. That doesn't mean I don't matter. It doesn't mean my calling doesn't matter. That doesn't mean I just stay home and do nothing. Um, but I, my husband's schedule comes first. 
And so one of the things that God, you know, told me was like his schedule comes first and what's going to make it so that I can be, uh, I can be his helper. Cause that's my calling. That's your calling. If you're a woman here and you're married, your calling is to be your husband's helper. Newsflash. I know the world will not tell you that, but it's true. Read, read the word and you will know. And it's actually going to bring you the joy and the peace and, and all the good things that you really truly desire. Um, but you got to trust God in doing that. Um, but so I put his schedule first, which means I can only offer limited office hours. My my work and my career can't be my God anymore, and I don't want them to be. I'm done carrying that burden. I've been freed from that and healed from that, and so um, that means that some people aren't going to like it, or it's it's you know going to let some people down. But in doing so, keeping my home in order and respecting my husband and loving him by putting food on the table, because that's what he wants. He works hard, but he's the head of household and he's the provider, and I help provide, but. Um, my job is to put food on the table and to love him and give him a safe place to come home to and not have people in our home, you know, late at night. So, um, that was part of sacrificing myself and going, okay, I have this calling, but it doesn't come ahead of our family. So it's important. So my challenge to you guys, as we wrap this up is what are you willing to lay down? What's that thing that gives you anxiety? If God were to put his finger on it and ask you to lay it down, that would make you panic. He wants to put his finger on that and he wants, he wants to get in there and, um, but it's going to bless your friends. It's going to bless the kingdom of God. It's going to further and advance the kingdom of God. And if we are on fire for the Lord and we're really, truly keeping our eyes on the prize for that upward call of God in Christ Jesus, then we have to be willing to lay down these selfish places in our heart. Uh, can't really love without sacrifice. That's amen. Love is sacrificial. It is. It's not selfish. It's not selfish, it's sacrificial. Um, I had a girl in class today, a friend of mine who I've been working with for four years. We have not been able to get her better. God was showing me what the answer was, but I couldn't bring myself to say it to her. Anyway, long story short, she had breast implants put in several years ago. They were keeping her sick, spiritually, emotionally, physically. But the thought of getting them removed was just way too big. Her body was her God. I can talk about this. She shares openly. It's not a secret. So anyway, just before you think I'm going and sharing someone's uh, garbage, she shared openly at our health party this weekend and blessed a lot of people, encouraged a lot of people who have also done this and are also sick. Um, but when she got him in, she couldn't breathe anymore. Her felt like her chest was going to like collapse, like, like, oh my gosh. And then the day she got them removed, which was just two weeks ago, the first thing she said was, I can breathe again and I can hug people and there's not this these fake things separating me from them um, but literally all her health pro her, her physical health problems her joint pain and spinal pain and gut problems and food allergies and all these things that she's been st struggling with for years ever since she had this surgery and then all the spiritual and emotional trauma and abuse from her past they all piled up to kind of lead her to get breast implants because she couldn't accept herself the way she was um, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, she's been really, really sick. Her symptoms are 50 to 75% better in two weeks of getting them removed. That's amazing. That is a woman who has let the Lord sift her heart and work in her. And she, yeah, she's still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. We're all still a work in progress, but that's amazing. And that is a testimony to God providing. She didn't have the money for the surgery. She had all the fears of like, am I going to look like I have shriveled up raisin breasts afterwards? Um, am I going to look disfigured? You know, what, what is the, what am I facing? She didn't know. She had to walk by faith and not by sight, but she knew that God was giving her a way out. He was giving her the answer to her infirmities. 
but she had to take a really scary step and she had to spend some money she didn't have and trust the Lord to provide. And he did. And I see she looks different. Her eyes look different. It's amazing to watch what God is doing, really what he's doing in her heart. So, um, I hope that encourages someone. If that can encourage, if that encourages you or someone you know or someone who has, um, who is ill, I, I meet so many people who have almost every person I've ever worked with with breast implants. I will say, and I know this is gonna um, offend some people. And, I, and my job is not. I'm not trying to con condemn anybody. I'm trying to give you hope. Um, you have to listen to this whole video and go back to the beginning if you're just coming on and hearing this part. But there are just, there are things, there are decisions that we make that bring consequences into our life. We think they're going to bring us, like make us feel more proportioned or more beautiful or, you know, our identities in our body and all this stuff. But we've got to be willing to sacrifice some things, even sometimes our beauty or our comforts or our body to, you know, just to say, this is not an idol in my life and I'm going to love other people. Don't you know that she's got a testimony, a radical testimony for the Lord now and God's going to use her and she's going to be able to encourage so many women and prevent people from getting the surgery, but also encourage people who have gotten sick as a result of this surgery, who have she has severe brain fog and depression and emotional problems and gut problems and autoimmune and the list goes on. All those things are already lifting in two weeks. So God is blessing her faithfulness and her obedience, and it's so awesome to watch. So um, again, if you guys are just coming on, hey, Toby again. Um, hi, Kyle. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, Patrice. Um, I would encourage you to watch from the beginning because those are, those are awesome testimonies that will encourage you or someone and share this if somebody needs to hear it today. Okay. You guys have any other, any other, other comments? Any other anything before we go? Praise God. I know, right, Steph? Wasn't that awesome today? Wasn't that awesome to hear that? Um, she's a free woman. She is no longer owned by her body. Fitness and her body were and, um, and diet were her drugs. And um, those were her obsessions. Those were her idols. And she said, mm -mm, no more. No more. So that's freedom. Um, I can tell you, you know, I lost a lot of money when I laid down my practice. I didn't know how God was going to provide. But... He has, and he has made my life better than it ever was before. And when he asked me to lay down alcohol, life is better than it was before. More joy, more freedom, health problems that were never going to go away until this thing went away because it really wasn't about the food again, right? Um, these things were making me sick. They were a spiritual, they were, it was quenching the spirit in my life. It was like, um, like there was a noose put on my neck that stopped the flow of heaven coming through my mind to my heart and out onto other people. Those, those things, those sins, those obsessions, the selfishness in our life, it literally closes the valve to God's love. Um, and it's hurting the kingdom of God. We need to be the church. We need to be a church who is willing to say, what, uh, whatever you want, God, whatever you want. You gave your life for me. You died for me and I didn't deserve it. So whatever you want. I'm scared. I don't get it. I'm, I'm upset. I'm crying my eyes out. He loves you. He's so uh, gracious in that. But you can do it. Amen? Okay, so needed this. Yay, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're on here. Keep being brave. You're a blessing. Thank you. The encouragement helps me. My love language is affirmation, so thank you for encouraging me because I get lots of hate mail too. Um, your ministry is a blessing and your obedience makes a difference for others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was really hard when I was going through those things and I couldn't see the beginning from the end. I have another girlfriend right now who's being called to move and everything she loves is here her family her job um and they're maybe being called to idaho and she's scared um but 
God's going to work it out. And if this is the Lord, she's going to be brave and she's going to do it. And God's going to use that testimony to show his faithfulness and his provision and heal things that need healing. And it's amazing. I'm so excited. I love walking through this stuff with people. And some people say yes. And the second God asks, and some people, it takes them four years before they say yes. So, you know what? He's good. He's patient. Because God is love and love is patient. Love is kind. Amen? Okay. Well... It's really fun hanging out with you guys. I'm totally on fire today, so I, I could hang out. Um, I actually don't um, have to rush anywhere right this moment, but I don't see any questions, so. <laughs> uh, love you too, Stephanie. Love you guys. I love that you guys are on here, and I love that you guys are um, hard charging for the Lord. That's what we need to be. We need to be the church. Um, it's President's Day. You know, pray for your president. Pray for um, the First Lady. Pray for our leaders. Um, you know, we're called to love and respect our, our authority and rebellion is not of the Lord. It's ugly. Um, being an argumentative, uh, slanderer on Facebook or otherwise is ugly. That's not love. So thank you, Becky. You encouraged me too, girl. <sighs> Anything else? Anybody else got any encouraging testimony to share? Nope. Okay. Well, if you didn't see this, if you guys are coming on late, then watch this from the beginning. I would encourage you to. We had a long talk about um, God's love. John fifteen thirteen. No greater love hath no man, no woman, than this to lay down our life for our friends. Doesn't mean go blow your brains out. You got to understand scripture. Um, but <laughs> hi, Marilyn. I love you. Marilyn, I've known Marilyn, she was one of my first patients in Tennessee years ago when I first got into practice. Um, so, um, yeah, what are we willing to lay down um, so that other people can be free? That's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing to do when you're first being asked, but after you get through it, it gets easier and easier and easier because we train it, we practice it, we're exercising the hard stuff. We're not supposed to stay comfortable. We're supposed to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We're not supposed to be out... It, you know, in the bars, clouding our mind, pretending like we're taking our pain away, which is just adding insult to injury, and take it from the expert who did that for years and years and years. And finally, the guilt and the shame and the uh, the filth, all of it, and the lies and the secrets and everything that I was juggling, I, it, I, it, I started to explode and implode, and I couldn't handle it anymore. But that's how I got saved. So um, I finally surrendered, and Jesus was the answer that I'd spent all this time and money, all these things that I was searching for and trying and crazy stuff, um, none of it gave me what Jesus did. And it's a lasting change. Here I am almost 10 years saved now um, or in my 10th year of uh, being free. <laughs> we'll just call it that. Um, and loving Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I'm just here to encourage you. Another sinner saved by grace, not perfect. Uh, all people are hypocrites to some degree. So when people try to say the church is full of hypocrites, yeah, amen. It is. So is the world. The world is full of hypocrites who need Jesus. So, amen. So true. God is still changing yucky things in me. All of us. As soon as he cleans up some more, there's more There's more in there. We're being sanctified until the day of Jesus Christ. So there is no place of perfection. Nobody's perfect. Don't follow people. Don't follow me. Don't follow me. I'm just here to encourage you, but do not... Uh, follow me or try to attach to me because I, I will let you down. God is the only one, Jesus, let's just call it Jesus, is the only one um, who can give you what you're looking for and the freedom and the forgiveness that we need, which is what's going to 
lead to everything we just talked about in this video. So again, if this encouraged you or can encourage somebody else, share it. Um, let's just love people. Let's love Jesus well so that we can love others well. Amen? All right. I'm going to hop off here. Okay, bye guys.